Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Father and Son Grace and Truth Podcast. My name is Andrew and I'm the son and I'm here with my father, Martin. How are you doing, Dad? Andrew, I am great. Uh, we are finishing up our journey through the Bible today. Man, it's been a long journey. Over two months of recording this bad boy. Yeah, what's been your favorite part about the uh, journey through the Bible? Wow. Um, I really enjoy doing the New Testament. Yeah. I enjoyed, love talking about the Gospels, and I had a great time last week with Paul and Peter. So uh, I guess that's not surprising. Jesus, yeah. Jesus is the Savior, the hero of our story. He is... He is the most amazing thing to ever happen, ever. So, you know, it's hard to not do better than that. How about you? Yeah. What was your favorite? Um, my favorite part, you know, I would want to say the New Testament, but I also love the perspective of the Old Testament mm -hmm. because I think I um, follow a lot of people who don't really read the New Old Testament. Yeah. And so it was good to get perspective of like, this was really why we needed Jesus. And we tried all these laws and um, all these different things, but it, nothing ever worked. Kings didn't work. And what we needed was Jesus. So I love breaking that down and how to actually utilize the Old Testament. Um, that was that was really eye-opening to me, and I love the story of Abraham. So, Wow, that was a great answer, Andrew. <laughs> that was awesome. And uh, yeah. I must say that I agree. You know, um, once you sort of begin looking at the Old Testament the way we talked about, it's a whole lot more fun to read. Yeah. Whole lot. <laughs> yeah. That's it cool. really is. Yeah, so this week we are finishing up in Revelation. Mm -hmm. So get us started with uh, our last episode of the series. Good, I like that. Well, Andrew, first, sort of a pet peeve of mine, and I don't have many pet peeves, so let me get this yeah. one out there. The book is not Revelations, and you didn't say that, which was good. It's Revelation. Yeah. It is a single revelation. And that is because the book of Revelation is about Jesus. It is the vision or revelation about Jesus. It's not a collection of prophecies and revelations, but it is yep. a single, blazing, powerful testimony to our Lord Jesus Christ and how he finishes this story. And Andrew, with that in mind, when did you ever finish something? And what was that like? Something that I recently finished was, um, actually, Megan was at work one day, and this was before we were Mary and I was getting her moved into the apartment that we were eventually going to be living in together. Um, I moved her entire apartment except for just the washer and dryer. Um, by yourself? By myself. <laughs> so her dresser, her bed, everything, I got all of that except uh, the washer and dryer. So 
yeah, that was one thing that I finished recently, and I, I felt very accomplished after it. That's impressive. Yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of fun, but it was I was dying after. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> but you felt good. Yeah, I felt great. Yes, finishing something is such a good and wonderful thing, and um, I, for one, am so glad that the Bible finishes so powerfully. I mean, there is no doubt when you get to the end of Revelation that this Bible and this book is done. It is finished. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, um, let's break this open a little bit. Andrew, when you think of Revelation, the book of Revelation, what comes to mind? Mm -hmm. What pops into your head? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is um, that there's a lot of scary things that's going to happen. Yes, yes. And so I, you know, I haven't read it all the way through. Um, it got, it's very scary, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it is. You know, just I don't. Our human minds can't really comprehend everything that God is planning to do, and so at times it's kind of scary and uncertain mm -hmm. what that'll look like you know exactly right whatever it uh, whatever it's going to look like it gets really bad before it gets good again yeah exactly in many ways it's like a repetition repetition of the gospel pattern of christ being yep. dead and buried yep um i mean the bible's pretty clear that the events that happened before christ's second coming are worse than anything that has ever come before by a considerable magnitude. Um, yeah. And likewise, the end is accordingly that much better. So that's mm -hmm. good. I mean, I think that a lot of people come out of Revelation understanding that it's going to be a very bad time. And uh, yeah. that's good as far as the bad part of Revelation goes. I want you yeah. to go a different way. And I think one mm -hmm. of the great lessons in the book of Revelation is about worship and heaven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I love heaven. I think about heaven a great deal. And heaven, yeah. heaven has gotten a bad rap. So if you were to talk to the average person on the street and ask them, what is heaven going to be like? What do you think they'd say? Uh. I think you'd get, if you ask 10 different people, you'd probably get eight different yeah, answers. Yeah, you probably would. And what do you think some of those answers would be? Um, some people would say heaven's not real. Some yeah. people would say heaven's going to be this great time where we all get to have a big party mm -hmm. and just enjoy life and or the afterlife. And heaven's going to be this, we all line up to see if we get in or not. And <laughs> hoping for it you know you get a you get a lot of different people saying a lot of different right. things so about it the know. one that sort of stands out in my mind is is heaven is a guy on a cloud playing a harp yeah and, and the indication is that heaven's kind of boring yeah <laughs> yeah that, uh, you know you can't do any bad stuff you can't lie you, you know there's no fun you know, God's up there and he kind of runs everything. Um, it's yep. not a place 
that is typically thought of as being pleasant or amazing or even beyond our imagination as the scriptures yeah. describe it. Um, and yep. that, I believe, is largely because whether or not your heart is tuned to worship as a as a just glorious activity. I find mm -hmm. the people that enjoy worshiping God are far more interested in heaven. Yeah. Because heaven is a place of worship. Mm -hmm. And um, in your experiences of worship, what what draws you to God makes you want to worship him? Um, the number one thing that reason I want to worship him is for everything that he's done yeah. for me and just, you know, how, how much he's gotten me through and how powerful he is and all the different things that I've seen him do in my life. I just want to, you know, verbally thank him for everything he's done and, um, for how powerful and mighty and worthy and wonderful that he is mm -hmm. and um when you're with a large group of people worshiping is that meaningful to you oh yeah absolutely and we we get the uh megan and i get the um privilege to worship with passion mm -hmm. music every week which is a um they're just an amazing yeah. band and they do a really great yes. job and so, you know, it's just awesome to be in a room worshiping. Yes. So I want you to take that feeling of mm -hmm. being in a large group of people passionately worshiping God. And I want you to listen to this from Revelation 7. I'm going to start reading in verse 9. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And I don't know if you remember this or not, Andrew, but um, many years ago, Salvation Belongs to Our God was was a very popular worship song. And uh, and yep. I still enjoy it. It still does all, it still is yep. meaningful to me. And that song yep. came from this text. I love that. Yeah, I love that then song. Going on in verse 11, it gets better. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the 24 creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Mm, so good. <laughs> I mean... Do you remember how when we were reading through the Old Testament and I said, I don't want to be in the community of Moses? I don't want yeah. to be here. I yeah. want to be here. I, I can't imagine just 
how incredible that's going to be to stand among so many people that they could not be counted to see the angels falling before god to see the throne of god and christ is there i mean if that doesn't stir your soul in some way we have a problem (laughs) we have a problem because this is what heaven is it is seeing the majesty and beauty and wonder of God and being able to directly worship him. Directly. Not like I'm looking out my window right now and I see these beautiful trees and it's a wonderful scene. And that leads me to worship God. But how much better to actually worship Christ to see him mm-hmm. there and to thank him and praise him yeah. for salvation. Yeah. Yeah. And let me say, yeah, let awesome. me say one other thing because I love this so much. Um, you know, I have Charco Marine. It's hard for me to get around. But one of the things mm-hmm. that this has caused in me is my voice is not nearly what it used to be. Um, I used to sing, I used to love singing, and I used to love to worship in song. And I haven't been able Mm -hmm. to do that really since about 2004, 2005. And Andrew, Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to have my voice back. Although there's going to be a lot to do in heaven, you're going to find me with this group worshiping for a very long time. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to that. So... Yeah, it is. Revelation gives us a vision of heavenly worship that is glorious. So, Mm -hmm. is that good? Makes sense. Now, looking forward to that. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something. I want to talk about a storyline that when I first saw it in the Bible, it was actually hard for me to swallow. I, uh, Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of those things that in my mouth was sour, but once I swallowed it, it became sweet in my stomach. But the yeah. Bible's storyline is fascinating. It starts in a garden and it ends in a city. Interesting. We don't ever go back to the garden. Mm-hmm. We leave the garden And then God tells a story of redemption, but we never go back to the garden. And there's something very important here, and that is God's story moves forward. You never go back. Yeah. You never go back. Yeah. This is an important thing. This whole idea that you can go backward and, and capture periods of time in your life or relive events It's not going to happen. Yeah. God always goes forward to something new. Yeah. Something better. And thank heaven for that. Because otherwise, Andrew, have you ever thought that maybe eternity might be boring? Um, There are times that I've thought that. It's not. And it's not because of this reality. God's story is always moving forward. There's always something coming. So 
We left a garden. Go ahead. Yeah, just to touch on that point again, I just am so thankful that we're always moving forward because, I mean, just think about if we moved backwards and I think of the story of Peter and if um, after Jesus um, rose from the dead, instead of meeting Peter by the water with the uh, charcoal fire, if he brought Peter back to the garden where he told him he was going to betray him and then took him through the whole scene of him betraying him again, like just imagine if there was a guy, the God worked that way where um, we had to relive those moments, you know, that'd be awful. I don't, yeah. I don't want to go fun. back. I have had no yeah. <laughs> desire to go back. I want to go toward the future that God has. Now, Andrew, you know me. Do I like cities? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you I, I, I started this once uh, the COVID-19 uh, started. I said, um, you and mom have been social distancing for over five years now. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So you understand that when I first saw this, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to go to a city or not. But then I actually read the yep. Bible. And I want to read to you starting in Revelation 20. And this is one of my favorite texts in all the Bible. So here's the city that God has for us. Here we go. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now is the dwelling of God with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. See, that's the new garden. That's yeah. where we will again be with God. They will mm. be his people, and God himself will be their God. Listen to this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Mm, that's powerful. That. There will be no yeah. more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Mm. That is where we're going. Yeah. And I mean, just to think of the imagery of he will wipe every mm -hmm. tear from their eyes. He doesn't. You don't wipe tears from a distance. I don't sit here in Georgia while you're in North Carolina and be like, all right, I'm going to wipe your tears. Right. You, know, you have to be there. And, man, that's just that's mm -hmm. just something to really look yes, forward to. And I love that you picked up that detail. It's, it's so beautiful. I will wipe away mm -hmm. every tear. There's a sense of completion mm -hmm. that every sadness – you know, every regret, every sorrow, those are gone in the heavenly places. Yeah. Can't wait for that. So uh, even Love though it. I don't really like cities, I'll go to this city. 
<laughs> but someday, Andrew, I want to do a podcast about heaven um, because I have a lot of thoughts about it and it might be fun because uh, the heavenly it. city is interesting to me, but what we're going to do in heaven is also interesting. And we may get that, you know, to someday I'd like to talk mm -hmm. about that. But here in Revelation, I also want to talk briefly about some of those bad things that you mentioned earlier, because something's happening in our world that's changing. And a lot mm -hmm. of it is directly relatable to Revelation. Let me just kick out a couple of ideas. You meet in Revelation, a Revelation, an army of 200 million people is described. Mm -hmm. Both now, right now, the countries of India and China have sufficient people of military age to fill an army of this size. That was not true just 50 or 100 years ago. And interpreters yeah. of the Bible just said it would happen in the future or it was spiritual or it was angels or something like that. But now we can say literally that an army of 200 million people will come out of the East. Yeah. That's there. Um, you'll note in Revelation this idea of the mark of the beast, which is you know, probably one of the most common apocalyptic themes in horror movies. It's the idea that, that you have to be tattooed or tagged on your forehead or wrist in order to be able to buy or sell anything. And it's mm. a cashless society, and you have to get the mark of the beast yeah. to be able to be able to buy stuff. And um, we're there. You don't need money. Yeah. All that yep. is necessary is the force to make you get that mark on your wrist or on your forehead, which some people say could be yep. a chip which people are already yep. using in certain environments. Yep. And finally, this talk about a one world government. Um, I hear every day people saying because of COVID-19, we need to have world government. Um, we yeah. need to have one central government led by one powerful person. And that leads us directly to the scenarios in Revelation. And yeah. what if this was possible 50 or 100 years ago? None, none of Nothing. It. And guess mm -hmm. what? You and I right now could see these things fulfilled in our days. Yeah. Yep. And I want to leave you with the text that Jesus said because it's terrifying, but it's also hopeful. Because yeah. the image that Jesus and the prophets often gave was the idea of a woman going through childbirth. For a time, it's incredibly painful. But then there's great joy. And it's the great joy that matters. Because... You can get to the child. You can get through the suffering because you want the baby. You love the baby. Yeah. 
Jesus said mm -hmm. in Luke 22, 28, when these things begin to take place, and some of them I just described, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. The end of the story, not only in Revelation, but in time and space, is happening before our very eyes. Wow. It's, uh, it is, I think when you ask, uh, if you were to ask 100 people, do you think the end times are near? I think you would get 90 people saying, yeah. yeah. It seems, it seems that way. So I don't think anyone is doubting that we are much nearer to that than we were, as you said, 50 to 100 years ago. So, so that is revelation. Oh man, we made it through the Bible in 10 episodes. So if you were to summarize the Bible in as few words as possible, how would you summarize it? <laughs> okay. Now, uh, that's a good question. Every story, Andrew, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay. Yep. Take Christ's parable of the lost coin. A woman lost a coin. Mm -hmm. She searched for it. She found it. Beginning, middle, end. Mm -hmm. So, the Bible story, I can do it in six words. Beginning, middle, end, and end. Here you go. God creates. Man sins. Christ redeems. Mm. Beginning, That's middle, good. and end. Beginning, God creates middle, man sins. That's where we're at right now. And then Christ redeems. He started that at the crucifixion and resurrection mm -hmm. and will complete this story at the end of Revelation. And, and I can do yep. somewhat even better than that. I can do the Bible story in two words. How about this? God wins. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> God wins. That's why I love that. Man, that's good. Well, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I've had a lot of fun talking to the Bible about with you. Yeah. No, this is this was a great series. I think, you know, we've been talking about this a lot. This will be a great legacy series for people um who follow us down the line to come back and look at and i think as the episodes went on we got a lot better at podcasting yeah. so i'm i'm i've been very thankful for it this has series. been fun and i do think we're getting better at it i know i certainly feel much more freer and much more at ease than our first episode i first episode i didn't even really oh, yeah. know what was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got oh, through, man. Right. but uh exactly but looking forward we are going to start a new series on following christ and what it is like to live a christian we're seeing right now with covid19 a lot of people are seeking answers through their bible which is very encouraging you know we just saw the stat yesterday that we just sold uh, more Bibles in two months than we had in the last two years. Um, so I think it will be a great tool for people who are really looking to 
figure out what it is like to follow Christ. So looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, I am too. So Andrew, uh, we are the Grace and Truth podcast. Do you have a word of grace? Yes, I do. So I was reading in Ephesians earlier this week, um, and I stumbled across Ephesians 5.33, and it says, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And the reason I bring that up is I think sometimes as husbands, we need to remember to give ourselves grace and to love ourselves, not to be selfish, but so we can have that ability to love our wives well. So husbands, give yourself some grace and learn to love yourself. That's good, Andrew. Thank you for that word of grace. Um, Here's the word of truth that I think is so vitally important right now. The Bible ends. You may remember that when we finished the Old Testament, it really didn't feel like an ending. We're kind of like, what's this? What's mm-hmm. up with this? It's not over yet. There, there's still things that need to happen. God's got to fulfill promises. What's, Where's our king? But when Revelation ends, it's done. And that's important because... No, nobody can come along and say, well, this is what the Bible really meant, and we need to add this, or now we can change this meaning, and God has a new covenant. No. No. This story ends. I want to read to you the last words of the Bible. Listen to this. Revelation 22, starting at verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, yes. I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen. Done. Finished. The Bible. Wow. That's the good. Bible that's is powerful. everything you need. A single, complete story. That cannot be changed or altered by future revelation, nor can anything be taken from it. The word of truth. That's good. Man, and there it is. We are wrapped up. We will see you guys next week for our new series about what it is to live like a Christian. Have a great week. Hi, uh, this is Martin again with your Revelation Review. And boy, if uh, it is just astonishing that the Bible ends with Revelation. It is the most 
powerful, complete, apocalyptic, galactic ending possible. And that is the glorious message that Jesus returns to redeem completely all things for his glory. Um, No better ending could be imagined. No more complete ending. Um, I didn't mention one of my pet peeves that um, sometimes you'll hear people say the book of Revelations, plural, and it's not. It's Revelation singular. The revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, Revelation is just about Jesus, and that's what it should be about. We also talked about several other points that Revelation makes. Um, Revelation teaches us about worship. It's filled with many great scenes of worship. And the worship is the, the joy and the wonder of heaven to be actually physically present to worship Christ. I read from Revelation 7, Salvation Belongs to Our God. Beautiful text. Um, hoping to bring you into the spirit of heaven as a place of worship. I also pointed out that the Bible's storyline goes from a garden to a city. In other words, God creates a garden, puts Adam and Eve there, they sin, they leave, and they never go back to a garden. They go forward through the entire Bible to the heavenly city described in the final chapters of Revelation. Um, I don't particularly like cities, but I do like that the story moves forward. And this is an incredibly important point. Life in God's universe never goes backwards. You never go back. You can't go back. Time doesn't go that way. We are going forward. Every day is new. Every day is going toward the new things God has for us. So, Christian, we came from a garden, but we're going to a city. And even though I don't particularly, you know, like most cities, I can't wait to get to the heavenly city. We talked about the striking things in Revelation that are so um, contemporary. How uh, both India and China can field an army of 200 million people. We talked about the economic structure of the Mark of the Beast, where um, you, we live in a cashless society, and you, you know, the only way you can buy or sell is through having a mark um, on your wrist or your forehead, which some people have suggested may be some sort of chip that enables us to participate economically. And of course, the one world government, which is all over Revelation, the idea of bringing all of humanity under a man rather than under God is sort of the the ultimate blasphemy of Revelation. But Jesus told us in Luke 22, 28, when these things begin to happen, Stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption 
is drawing near. And indeed it is, Christian. Our day of, uh, or the day of redemption is closer now than when we first believed. God's story is, is finishing, is drawing closer to its end every day, even every moment. Andrew then asks me to summarize the Bible in as few words as possible. And I said, God creates, man sends, Christ redeems. Every story has a beginning, a middle, and end. God creates, man sends, Christ redeems. Or better yet, God wins, if you just want two words. And lastly, believer, I talked about how the Bible ends, and I cannot stress how important this is. There's not going to be another covenant. There's not going to be, a, you know, a new way of being saved. The Bible ends. So all this, all this truth we talked about is held together between the covers of the Bible. And I read from you that you cannot add or take away from the Holy Scriptures. And that, dear friends, is your review of Revelation.